and a hearty welcome on a Friday afternoon from the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler Yonke. Today we're going to talk about a few races. Look, is there a lot of excitement going on? Maybe. We're going to talk about the banana peel, Revolve's appeal. Uh, shocking winner there, Cavendish. She goes off at, wait for it, Tour of Turkey. We'll look at that a little bit more. Some Spanish racing, a ride of the week. Ardennes classes are coming up, and some Masters dude blows up the end. Uh, WADA, anti-doping substance abuse list in amazing style. I think we'll start there. Welcome, everybody, uh, to the Between Two Wheels podcast. And I think we've already got some people joining in. Mark Tucker says, oh, yeah. Mark, you've had some interesting uh, videos of late. Uh, Way to keep the uh, rubber side down on the last one. Um, I was going to take your video of you going over the shoulder or the head first into the into the crowd or into the dirt on your uh, off-road bike, but uh, maybe we'll save that for later. Uh, anyway, everybody, I hope everyone can hear us fine, and we're doing broadcasting out there. It's April 15, 2021, 233rd episode of the Between Two Wheels podcast. Let's start with this doper extraordinaire, and you saw it, and actually we have, for those of you joining in early, you're going to have a, a sneak preview of the... And hopefully this works here. I have a new computer. We're hoping to do that. But a sneak preview of the uh, actual, some, some news footage going on. Let's start with it right here. In response to what its sponsors claim is an idea whose time has come, the first all-drug Olympics open today in Bogota, Colombia. <laughs> Athletes are allowed to take any substance whatsoever before, after, and even during the competition. So far, 115 world records have been shattered. We go now to correspondent Kevin Nealon, live in Bogota for the weightlifting finals. Kevin. Dennis, getting ready to lift now is Sergei Akhmudov of the Soviet Union. His trainer has told me that he's taken anabolic steroids, Novocaine, NyQuil, Darvon, and some sort of fish paralyzer. Also, I believe he's had several cocktails within the last hour or so. All of this, of course, is perfectly legal at the All-Drug Olympics. In fact, it's encouraged. Akhmanov is getting set now. He's going for a clean and jerk of over 1,500 pounds, which would triple the existing world record. That's an awful lot of weight, Dennis, and here he goes. Oh, that's not good. Oh, he's pulled his arms off. He's pulled his arms off. That's got to be disappointing to the big Russian. You know, you hate to see something like this happen, Dennis. He probably doesn't have that much pain right now, but I think tomorrow he's really going to feel that, Dennis. Back to you. Thank you, Kevin. Shocking from the world of sport. We have a news, breaking news story right there. You saw it. You saw what happens to Masters champions that uh, take on the world of doping. And I thought we, <laughs> I thought we'd maybe tie it. Look, I love that uh, clip from Saturday Night Live. A good show of Dennis Miller and Kevin Nealon. Uh, but maybe we'll take a look at the actual issue that came up. It's, I guess it's, a, once again, it's another uh, another person from California breaking the, all the rules. And we, let's see if we get this. Nope, I'm not able to share it. Well, anyway, USADA bursts, busts master's racer for 10 banned drugs. Fahi Aviazana, Zian, I can't pronounce that, except four-year suspension after caught with anabolic Agents, growth hormones, and other prohibitive substances. A 51, I'm sorry, 52-year-old Masters racer from California has accepted a four-year ban for possession and use and or attempted use of 10, 10, 10 different um, banned prohibited substances, including anabolic steroids, growth hormones, 
U.S. Anti-Doping Agency announced Thursday that Avazian's four-year period of ineligibility will give on April 7, 2021. Uh, he mostly races downhill and endurance mountain bikes. It's a little old, isn't it, to be doing downhill and endurance uh, downhill stuff like that? Uh, either way, um, it uh, whatever initially contested his case through arbitration process, but later elected to sign an acceptance of his results obtained or subsequent to... June 16, 2010, in which is the date on which he first used, damn, he's been doing this for 21, uh, 15, 11 years, has been disqualified, including forfeiture of any medals, points, according to USADA, the doping program enables, uh, let's see, investigation stemming from various sources, including tips under the play clean tip line and whistleblowers. It was through this program that USADA initially determined that a Vazian had purchased products containing five <laughs> different probes. Let's see if we could take a look here at uh, this. And why is it not allowing me to share? I don't know. I have a new computer. I got some issues here. Uh, testosterone, nandrolone, dehydropianodesterolone. That's DHEA, somatropin, HGH, epimoraline a non-specified substance in the class of peptide hormones, growth factors, related substances, and mimics, uh, GHRP6, CJC1295, uh, IGF-1, human uh, chorionic uh, gonadotropin, <laughs> and astralazole. I need to maybe get a, a doctor in here to help us with this. All 10 substances are prohibited under USADA protocol for Olympic and Paralympic uh, movement. I don't know. Why am I going over this? Well, um, partly, let's see what Travis Tigard has to say. This is a central part of the effective of an anti-doping program is to work closely with athletes, coaches, and others in the sport and elsewhere who want clean and fair competition and thoroughly investigate and act on credible evidence of doping violations. It's a team effort. We need those who value clean sport to stand up, as this case demonstrates fight for clean sport is stronger when we work together to protect clean athletes. Well, uh, either way, that's a little uh, going after a 52 year old. I don't have any problem going. I mean, this guy is not only is he uh, a grave offender, uh, but good Lord, that's, that's quite the list. Uh, <laughs> 10 different ones who, who out there has done any of those, let alone uh, 10 of them. I shouldn't be uh, calling for uh, answers for that. Uh, anyway, uh, California, I think we're up uh, number one on the list for uh, doping violations, at least in masters. So, hey, kudos to us um, and uh, hope you keep it going, California. All right, let's talk about this. Uh, Brabant's appeal. I call it banana peel because it's uh, much easier to uh, thank you for what's up. Yes, thank you. And uh, anybody else in here? Mark Tucker said, oh, yeah. Glad to have you guys all joining in. And please, uh, in the comment section, you can watch us on YouTube, uh, Facebook. I think we're also on Twitter and Periscope there. So you can join in, make any comments. We'll, we'll throw them up if you have questions for us. This isn't going to be a big uh, show today. We're just going to go over some racing, talk about some of these things. Look, uh, Ruth one, Ruth Widner uh, ended up beating Volering on the line. I don't know if you can see that on the screen there. I thought I won this sprint. Apparently not. Photo finish leaves Demi Volering regretting finish line celebration. So you can see the closest bike to us. That's uh, Demi Volering. She's got her hand there. She's already doing a fist pump. Uh, Ruth Widner with the bike throw at the line. It's hard to tell from this angle, but 
Um, closer inspection, the photo line finished photograph. U.S. champion uh, Widner was awarded the win by margin of millimeters. So it's hard to tell on the, uh, the first one on the left here, but on the right, you can um, see that she clearly had it by <laughs> just barely. Uh, hey, you know, we, we, we talk about this. Um, gotta love a win by Ruth. Yes, that's true. Chris Flowers says, um, what's the finish line in that pick? Is it the start of the line, the white line, the black line, or... Right. Uh, it's whatever one that the, the officials want to use. I think they have an official line that they're using, Chris. Um, I don't know what it is pointed out to us, but I think it's the, the last line that they show in this this Twitter pick here. Uh, speaking after the stage, Dutch writer Volering said, <clears throat> I am very disappointed. I had the feeling that I won this sprint. Apparently not. I don't know if it was the jump, but it was also impossible to see in the pictures. She added, during the race, I thought something is going to happen, so I have to stay ahead. Glad we could stay away. Every climb, I set the pace high with the group and tried to set out a, a good cooperation with the other girls. I'm glad it worked out. Well, it didn't work out for you. Um, the results sparked plenty of debate on social media as fans pointing out Volerine may have taken the victory if she had thrown her bike rather than raising her hand in celebration. Yes, that's always uh, the way to do it. Another comment here, black line in white, okay? Uh, Dean App, haven't heard from you before. Welcome to the show. And the farther side of the black line. Yes, I believe that's, uh, she said, I'm an idiot. Well, yes. So look, it can happen to the best of us, right? We just saw Alaphilippe, look, we're having Liege, Bastion Liege coming up a week from Sunday. And that was famously last year, Alaphilippe doing a, pump in the air after he had about crashed out uh, Mark Hershey and Roglic and uh, Pogacar. He ends up taking, thinking he's got the win easily. Roglic does a bike throw and, and gets him on the line. We love that. We just saw our own Mike Sayers do that at the at the race down there in Chowchilla. Didn't come back to bite him as much because there was a split field, but we all understand those things are. Has that happened to you? Anybody here lately? Uh, not me. I, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, not in the world of having to do any fist pumps for bike finishes. Okay, so uh, I thought we'd do breakout uh, Brabant's appeal on the men's side. There's a, a short little video we'll, we'll play here and, and talk about it and as we walk through it'll give the highlights of what it is and I'll walk our way through. Let me see, Ruth had and Volerine was pulling her, uh, pulling her back. Yeah, well, obviously, because she thinks she had it at the line but ended up getting um, beat out. So that's obviously what happened and uh, good for her. We I think she's a NorCal person, so we're always glad to see that. Uh, let's see, resume highlights. Okay, let's check this out. Uh, do a little play of this one. Uh, not gonna have any volume for you because it's gonna be me talking about it. It's the way we kind of get around some of the uh, strikes here. So Vance Appeal, um, good weather. Started in the morning, as you can see. A little foggy, I guess a little cloudy. Guys fist pumping on the line. And who did you think you're gonna have here? Well, as you do with any of these classics, uh, midweek classics, a uh, little bad weather, you're going to expect Dequina Quick Step to come out firing. And it looks like a little cool stage on the day. Big wreck here, uh, 38K to go. This one was significant because it took out um, a bunch of, as you can see, the total direct energy. It took out some EF education riders, but more importantly, it took out Dequina Quick Step riders. <clears throat> and they're gonna break down Shenashal uh, gets taken out of here. And look, 38, 37K to go. The race is on. You're going to have Trentine up front. You're going to have Wout. And, and you can see the, the, the race here. It's hard to tell there. But an EF guy goes down. He got taken out by an Ineos rider's back wheel that was cutting over to his right. And then it's just a cascading effect of crashing. Okay. 
Coming up here, uh, Kunsafoy hits the climb of the Holstead. Got Trentine with him. Wout, you got a bunch of people. Um, way in the back there is Tom Pidcock, though. Looks like he's suffering a bit. He comes good. Uh, spoiler alert, he ends up doing quite well in this race. Wild Van Earth, though, do, does he do too much work early on like normal? Uh, Pitcock says later on that he was pulling super hard. He being wow was pulling super hard, perhaps too hard. 28K here. You've got Trentine taking off, and he's been looking really good for UAE. Now, there's no real concerted. you got a Dequani quick step rider back there, but no real team cohesive Um uh, is it Stefan Kung is also there? Uh, I'm not sure about him and who the victorious rider is. Maybe someone can chime in on that on the Bahrain Merida team. However, you don't have a good cohesive chase going on. There's just a mixed bag. 16K, this is where it really hits. Look at Tom Pidcock with Wout on his wheels, and Ide Schilling is trying to hold on here behind the Bora rider. You get into Dequanic Quick Step riders going on there. Uh, the Trek rider uh, are Tom Squeens. And Seneschal can't, do, do, oh, I think that's who that, I'm not sure who the, the, the Quanty Quick Step Rider is. Either way, Pidcock comes up, flicks his elbow. You got 16. Remember, Trentine is up the front here, off the road. He does a smart thing and just sits up a little bit and says, sure, a much better chance with these two coming together. Now, you've got a break of maybe eight riders or so. There's a big pack behind them. They got like three different groups. And then the group right behind them, though, is actually split into two. You end up getting a three here and an eight and a six or so there. When they come together, as you can see, 11K to go, there's only like 13 seconds. And these three guys are going three wide around uh, on this steep climb. They're not really, they're playing a little cat and mouse, but but putting the hammer down. Uh, Wout with a big dig here. This climb then ends up getting them a little bit more of a lead and they ended up getting about 30 seconds or so coming into the climb. Now it's got this circuit that they end up doing about 20 some K. Trentine had been out front alone. They rang the bell. They got another lap to go. Squeens, I'd shilling, uh, several people uh, from behind, not really being able to uh, close it down. Although this is where they came, Consafoy comes very close to getting uh, the, the finish here as far as catching them. But these two groups end up being the little split here and when they actually come together it makes it worse because i think they're expecting everyone else to ride when these guys are almost caught on and they're pushing hard they would uh almost have brought the the group back together now if you want to do someone to really break this down and tell you how everyone did wrong go to chris horner's web <laughs> his youtube page uh the butterfly effect and he'll talk easily about now like they had like almost 20 30 seconds here they're playing the cat and mouse so much that consafoy almost catches them 200 or so out there. Wout hits the front and you're expecting him to win. Trentine says, nope, not for me. Tom Pidcock with a kick, becoming the first British rider to win the banana peel. Slips and falls for Wout Van Ert. And the previous best finish for a British rider, I think it was Max Chandry. And I think it was sixth place quite some time ago. So good for him. Uh, quite impressive. And did you expect to see Tom Pidcock with the win like that? I didn't. I didn't expect to see that in Met, but I did it. It wasn't a surprise that Pitcock was up there in front and doing a great job because uh, he's been ever since he won the Baby Giro last year, and you've seen him doing well with Wout and uh, uh, Matthew Vanderpool in cross races. Matter of fact, he won one of the early season ones, and then was just a, a third uh, the, all the way the rest of the way. He has not has been somewhat of a. a a, con a stalwart in all these classic races early on, but then to see him sprint over the top, that was uh, pretty uh, pretty impre 
Incredible. Okay, Huntington says, Pidcock should not be underestimated. Let's put it on the screen. Should not be underestimated for one day's, uh, but sure he can handle a three-week stage race. Well, he's a Neil Pro. I don't know that we're worried about him doing that yet. Chris had me in stitches again. Yes, Chris uh, Chris Horner, you guys should collab. Oh, yeah, uh, I've got a few hundred followers here. He's got a few thousand. He's Chris Horner. I'm Tyler. Uh, I'd be glad to collab with him. I, I'd like to actually interview him and uh, a few things I'd like to talk to him about. And it wouldn't be number rider number 13. I think you got to stay away from that, really, And at this point. Just kind of let it go. Okay, so Brabant's Appeal, pretty happy uh, with the outcome there. Tom Pidcock, uh, any else? No, his rider early on, remember, was the one that caused that big crash. I think that was Team Tactics. They played it well. They ended up getting, um, being able to take out uh, Dequanic Quickstep, who uh, was not a factor in this race. Honey, thank you for continuing to uh, comment. I think Tom has an amazing motor and endurance. I think he is a classic big dog. I think so too. He's going to end up uh, being, well, first of all, what he did in the Baby Jira last year, if you even followed along on that, it was very impressive. That's why, you know, you get a team like um, Ineos being willing to grab onto him early season here as uh, he's just now. So he's he's got a he's got a lot going for him. Okay, Brabant's appeal. Let's go over the the full results. Tom Pidcock first, Wout Venert second, Matteo Trenton, and then I'm just going to read off some of the the lessers that, that was Dylan's uh, Toins that was up there with Bahrain. There you go. I'd Schilling for Bora. Tom Squeens for Trek, Robert Stannard of Team Bike Exchange, and they had had Michael Matthews, who had been in that big wreck, so he wasn't able to go with anything else. But not uh, Consovoy, Dylan Toynes, Oscar Riesbeck, and that was it for oh, the DSM rider was uh, Andreas Leknusund. All right, how about the Tour of Turkey? So look, we came out first stage of the Tour of Turkey. I think it had been canceled or, or at least shortened due to some bad weather. Then the first stage was won by Rally, Team Rally, who Chris had sent me an info uh, saying that they are no longer, they bowing out of the Tour of Turkey because they're all COVID positive. Uh, but their team rider, Arvid Declin, uh, won on stage one over Christopher Halverson and Pierre Barbieri, and then Mark Cavendish was fourth over uh, Jesper Philipson. Now, Jesper Philipson had won uh, de Press over Bennett and uh, uh, Cavendish, so you're like, oh, look, he he can he can sprint pretty good. So this field isn't necessarily uh, super, but it's not necessarily bad either because you have Greipel, Cavendish, and uh, Philipson. Now, with that said, uh, Cavendish is there with Decorni Quickstep. They could, and then you look at this field, they could pretty much manhandle almost any team they want to as far as the leadout goes. Put Cavendish in good position, and he starts to win, and he ends up winning uh, what stage two, and then he goes on a trifecta. Stage two over uh, Philipson. Stage three, and, and Greipel's in third there. Stage three over Philipson with Stanislaus Anitlowski and Christopher Halverson. Greipel's down in fifth. And then stage four, you also had it again with uh, Cavendish getting a three-peat over Philipson. So he's getting the best of Philipson and all of these. And, and, but look, that the, the overall, it's not, it's, it's not something that I'm... I'm Probably it's probably heresy for me to actually say it this way, but he's not that uh, winning in such incredible style. Now, when he wins three in a row, it does say something because he's able to kick. He's able to do what he he needs to. Uh, let's get some more of these comments here. I think Tom has an amazing motor and endurance. I think he's a big. Cl yes, we already read that one. My bad. Um, 
Brian Zimney chimes in. Pickaxe size seems better for the Ardennes Classics. Those are coming up, and we should uh, we will have a good indication of that this weekend. Uh, stage four. Then you had stage five of Tour of Turkey. That's one we actually had to climb. And I just wanted to point out here. So when I talk about Cavendish, right, it's maybe heresy. You might think it's heresy for me to not be uh, all up in arms and excited about his win, that he's he's back in full force. Uh, yes, what he did to Skilda Press showed us that he's at least near that. Uh, winning three stages here is impressive in, in its own right. But if you're not winning these stages, um, who is? Well, Philipson and or Greipel. Uh, Greipel hasn't shown that he's been able to do much of anything in the last several years as well. Uh, and then there's nobody. I mean, Raleigh's on the podium, you know, day one, and they're close to it every day here in, in the sprinting as well. No offense, uh, but that's not quite the same thing. It's first day in the mountains. You have a nice kicking uh, climb up here to the finish. And once again, rider for Team Delco, uh, Jose Manuel Diaz. Now, that's certainly uh, an impressive win for him, but it's also Team AC Delco. I, am I belittling this field just a little bit to, to knock uh, Cavendish down? Yeah. Probably am. Uh, Jay Vine, I think uh, Alperson Phoenix. Now Alperson Phoenix has been coming up all year. They've been they've been knocking at the door and doing well. Uh, but I think he was a rider that had got a contract through a Zwift challenging. Gavin Mannion down there in eleventh place, looking pretty good for him. I think this is today's stage. Yes for Philipson uh, over Guypole and Christopher Halverson. Uh, this one was actually uh, there was a pretty nasty wreck in there. Halverson actually. Uh, and Cavendish ends up getting fourth. There's a wreck right on, along the barrier. Uh, we have a rider from Wildlife Generation that's out there, an American that went down. Got pretty, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, remember, we had talked to Jason Saltzman. He rides for that team. The team's been, I don't think he's at the Tour of Turkey. And, but they've been given a chance to race in this, in this and, and play against some of the big boys. And Alverson, uh, Jasper Philipson ends up getting the win there. And there was a nasty wreck right against the barriers. And then tomorrow's stage, we got a little bit more climbing. And then we'll finish that up on the weekend. The the ride, the, the guys crashed along the barrier. It looks like it was kind of a, a wreck as you're going down the road. The wreck kind of in the middle that spilled out into the side. And guys trashed into the barrier. It had somewhat of a reminiscence of the Tour of Poland finish, which Jakobsen that we saw with Gronewagen a while ago which didn't look uh, very good. In other words, the barrier just disintegrated. I don't think the damage to these riders was as bad as what we had had there. Uh, obviously, that you know, they they didn't, um, I don't think we have the ramifications because Lefevre hasn't uh, requested to have anybody uh, sued or damaged on that as of yet. But other than that, you know, everything's going just fine. So Tour Turkey, is, is Cavendish going to end up getting a last win on, I don't think he could get it on tomorrow's stage because it's somewhat mountainous. And then stage eight's uh, got a little bump in it, and he might be able to have a chance there, but possibly not. We'll see what can happen. There's another race, Volta al Comentat, uh, Valencia, and that's happening in Spain right now. I don't know if we're going to go over any of those results, except for Enric Moss ended up winning today. It's in Damar won yesterday, and it's um, it's a it's a race that. Typically happens right before the classics, so typically you're getting a little bit more action and riders, uh, some bigger riders. And last year, like, how do we go off of anything more than last year, where we were just getting big time riders doing every single tour of Piedmont? I don't know why I bring that one up, but that's when uh, Bennett won, George Bennett, and you just had every everybody in there that you could possibly do because riders were trying to get as many big races as they possibly could. 
Okay, well, coming up, we have the Ardennes, and we've got uh, Amstel Gold this this uh, Saturday, Sunday, and then next Wednesday we have La, La Flèche Wallonne, and then we have Liège, Bastogne Liège, a week from Sunday. So maybe we'll just take a look at those races, <clears throat> give a little idea of, of who's doing those, and maybe give some winners here. So what I do like to see is right away, there's a good contingent of some of the top competitors and it's the people that you would want to see in a race like this, right? Top competitors, Roglic, Woutvenert, Richard Carapaz, Alejandro Valverde, Guillaume Martin, Jacob Fulsang, Julian Alaphilippe, Florence Seneschal, Mark Hershey, Greg Van Abermatt. I mean, to me, that's, that's already uh, quite a nice little smattering of people. Roglic, first of all, I like to see when any of the um, main GC riders come out and they, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for a chance to... To, to get in the, the winner's circle on a, on a classic here. So you got the three races, the Amstel Gold. Let's see if we can find the, the actual, I don't think I'm finding the the profile. There it is. Um, so if we saw Brabant's appeal, by the way, it was like 27 climbs, which is pretty horrific, but it's just short punchy. It's a little bit more like what you have here at the Amstel Gold. And I think it just ramps up itself a little bit with La Flèche Roulon, which has the steep kicker at the finish, and then uh, Liège-Bastogne-Liège, which you typically see a little bit more of a mix of a Grand Tour rider that's going to end up winning that one. So who's your pick for this? I don't know. This one's probably a little bit more on the Wout. It's been really interesting to see Wout and uh, Vanderpol losing sprint finishes when, you should, when they should not be, uh, such as against Pidcock. That shouldn't have happened. Uh, and then you saw Matthew Vanderpol losing to Asgreen, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, Mark Tucker joining in the center. Okay. Mark Tucker. I do appreciate this because it deviates a little bit from just normal talk here. Can Creek road race, May 29 and the Copperopolis road race, June five have both been permitted by the USAC and the respective counties. Registration will be open April 19th. Thanks. Bella promo. Yes. That's uh, that's really good news. Uh, Mark has been down South and did a race down there in Ontario. Um, you know, same Legion has been kind of going back and forth. So we're getting into more races here. Mark's uh, own team is putting on another race in May, first part of May. Um, I know Matt Martinez, Sky Martinez is doing those races out in Livermore. I know there's an issue with licensing or permitting, but if your only holdup is getting um, upgrade points, I don't know what to tell you. How many races are you going to do this year? Really? You think you're going to even upgrade this year? Okay. Anyway, thanks, Mark, for that. So let's take a look then at La Flèche Wallonne. Um, Flèche Wallonne comes up on Wednesday. I don't. This is a great midweek race because, and once again, you're getting the same similar. I think did uh, yeah, Mark Hershey won this one last year. This is an Alaphilippe type of race. It's also uh, Valverde has won it over and over several years ago. So your top competitors once again, Valverde is there. Roglic, Pogacar, Carapaz, Valverde, Gam Martin, Fulsang. Alaphilippe, Yates, Hershey, Gail, Tail, Gelgenhart. Tail's been kind of waned uh, somewhat at this this end of this season. Mark Hershey, who came on strong last year, we saw him in the Tour de France win a, a stage or two. We saw him uh, come close in the uh, World Championships. Then we saw him win Flesh Alone, and then coming in, uh, you know, close. I uh, was he in close. Yeah, Liège, Bastion, Liège. We saw him there battling for the finish as well. This year, we haven't seen much of him. We saw him kind of screwing his team over. I think. Uh, UAE did not he did not help them much uh, last week with the tour of the Basque Country but at least it's we're starting to see him uh, up in front a little bit more back to live racing comments here Chris Flowers says Livermore is moving back to USAC 
I can't give up people. I don't know what happened there. So back to back to USAC. If that's the case, then there's your your, your upgrade points. Um, Copperopolis should be banned by UN for human cruelty. Yeah, that's true. It's it's quite the nasty little race, but so are a lot of those. Mark Tucker, not this one. The next one is Chris. I don't know what that means, but thanks for whatever you're saying there. Is the circuit, here we go. Um, is the circuit around the town square? Oh, that's that's what he's probably referring to. Thank you, guys. Um, back to the, uh, Amst which one is this? Which one? The <laughs> flesh alone. Uh, what I love about that one, that goes up the Muir de Hui at the end there. And, you know, you're trying to, um, that's the one I think famously uh, Dan Martin, did he crash right at the bottom there? Um, it's been pretty spectacular. You come in, it's a, just around a K, inside a K, and everyone's hitting that hard, and then the punch over the top, and it's gauging everything for that. With 193 kilometers, and you had 191 of them, basically, or 191.6 or so, uh, 192.6 or so, uh, all preparing for this one time up the, the last time at least up the Mir uh, and that's where all S hits the fan. Last one we'll talk about, and then we'll probably do a bigger breakdown of this one next week, is Liège-Bastogne-Liège. This is the one that you have a little bit more of the the big riders, the riders that you would have for the tour as a grand 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 tour type of competitors. And I don't know why we're not uh, be able to get the, the overall here. Top competitors doesn't have those listed, but full saying as an example, uh, this is the women's one, that's why. Uh, let's take a look at that. Annemiek Van Vluten, Ashley Mulman, uh, Cristobal Dobel Hickok. Who is that? Riley Ryder. She's number three. Sarah Poitevin, Justine Kierkeer, uh, Kelly Van Dersteen, Moon Pook. Um, fairly good smattering of riders there. And, you know, the, the women's races should be exciting as well. I don't know who we're going to look for that. I would like to see Jacob Fulsong actually uh, get a chance to uh, put a stake in Liege again. Uh, Liege has been one that uh, Mike Woods, up until, did he get injured yet again? Yes, I think it was he crashed out on. I don't know what his status is, but he's been close to the last several years. He's put himself in a good position. Uh, missed out uh, with Jacob Folsong when he ended up winning. He could have gone with that move. Um, actually, it wasn't him, one of those uh, riders on the team. And he's missed out again last year. And I don't know, even know if he's if he's doing the race this year. But uh, you're always going to get Roglic, Pogacar, and whoever else is coming out firing. You know, you should start seeing those guys ready for the Vuelta. I mean, sorry, the the Giro now, and possibly be ready for um, the Tour. They're getting in there. You know, Roglic is seemingly ready to go all time. Okay, let's see what uh, Fletch. No one. Let's talk Livermore. April 18th is Nabra, and April 25th is USAC. Okay, that's good to know, Chris. Got to go, boys. Cheers. Thanks, Tyler. Yes, thanks for, for coming on. Um, another thing, Mark Tucker says, virtual NCNCA board meeting Monday. I should cover it. Um, I have other <laughs> have other things going on on Monday. Virtual. Okay, if you send me a link, uh, I will I will at least do it. Um, uh, Brian Zimney, I wonder how the chip seal is at Copperopolis. Last few years, everyone came away with tar gravel all over their bikes and bodies. Well, that's, um, that's a good reason not to be doing it. MVP, uh, Matthew Vanderpoel is pissed. Legs are going to burn. Yes. Uh, I don't know who these guys are going to race and how they're going to do, but I'm pretty excited about the, at least the weekend, the first race that we have going on here. 
Um, let's go through some of these news items real quick because they actually have um, it's a good chance that they have something I actually want to check out, which is Richardson was disqualified from the Tour of Turkey for arms on bars position. So in the Tour of Turkey, you know they'll they'll DQ you for actually um, for actually not uh, having your arms on the bars, but they're not going to do anything about the finish, you know, the, the crazy crash that everyone just had. I mean, that, that seems a little bit much. Uh, let's take a look and see if we could find out. They have a picture here of him arms actually over the bars. Maybe so, there you go. So if you're able to see this, he actually puts his arms over the bars, but he's holding the brakes. Now, is that going to, here, how's that for the interpretation of the new UCI rules? Alex Richardson pushing the new regulations to the limit at the Tour of Turkey. Tune into GCN. Okay, so GCN, it looks like they might have outed him. And the UCI states, using the forearms as a point of support on the handlebar is prohibited. However, uh, going headfirst into the barriers, we're, we're, kind, of, we're kind, of okay with, <laughs> kind of okay with that. Uh, one other item here, um, Jacobson's consoles Tour of Turkey crash victim Granigan. So Granigan was the American writer that let's see if we have this one up here. No, we don't. Uh, the American writer for wildlife generation that uh, had a nasty crash. American not seriously injured in pileup. Not seriously injured in pileup. Reminiscent of Dutch writer's Tour of Poland incident. Fabio Jakobsen showed his class and strength of character after a massive pileup disrupted stage four of the presidential tour of Turkey on Wednesday between the crash and celebrating with Dakota Quick's teammate Mark Cavendish, who won the third straight stage. Jakobsen stopped to give an encouraging fist bump with Noah Granigan, wildlife uh, pro generation pro cycling, who was injured in the fall. The massive crash came only 200 meters to go in the camera when there was a touch of wheels near the front of the peloton and the riders crashed the entire finishing. Yeah, they popped over and into the actual barriers. And I think I was uh, showing the wrong uh, show there or the wrong uh, news story. Last thing we have here, uh, Legion of LA turns head with co-ed team win at the Majestic Crit. So one thing I, I thought was um, maybe good with this actual news story is that, you know, there's there's problems with, there's problems that we've been having with um, the, and I'm sorry, I'm just trying to copy this over here. There's problems we've been having with uh, issues of transgender and having, you know, whether we're going to prohibit certain people from racing and, you know, are, are the, the transgenders going to mix in with, you know, women and, and that, that whole issue there. Maybe this is the solution. And the solution could actually be that we just have open categories. Legion of LA of Los Angeles turns head with co-ed team in win and majestic crick coming back up for air. After being underwater, says Skylar Schneider, after the team returned. Okay, so the team went and did a race, and they had, uh, well, look, this isn't really, okay, it's cool, it's, it's a news story, but is it really a news story? And we have this all the time out here. Um, you know, women pros or cat ones, cat twos, can they join in the open, the men's category all the time? Uh, what I would like to have seen, and hat tip to someone who sent the, who requested this for me, was putting the camera on her bike. Put the camera on her bike, and we'd be able to see see what she's doing. They you know, come on, Legion of LA. This is a this is a valuable chance you set you you missed here. It was a valuable learning experience to see and experience firsthand how one of the most uh, successful Criterion racing teams ever operates before, during, and after a race to ensure that they are at the top of their game. Schneider finished the race 81st out of 114 riders, but her Legion of LA teammates finished in the top two spots. 
Justin Williams securing the sprint ahead of Corey, the brothers who founded the domestic. I felt so incredible to be on the start line next to Justin Williams. Nonetheless, again, my teammates did a good job looking out for me in the peloton, but there were still quite a few times where guys would come up and try taking me off the Legion train, which I did not let them do, of course. Well, good. That's uh, that's exactly what your position and job are there for. So once again, if you had a camera, we'd be able to check that out and see exactly how well you did your job. And um, not a problem there. How about ride of the week? Let's take a look here. Sean Bagley is joining in on the conversation. Uh, she rode sweeper on Justin's wheel at 35 miles an hour until bow up. It was incredibly impressive. Well, why don't we give her, once again, that would be a good place to put a camera and uh we can actually maybe maybe if you were on her wheel sean we'd be able to see exactly what uh, happened there um mark tucker says hey i finished 51st in that one well good you beat the the female pro by about 30 positions so well done were you playing sweeper as well i don't know uh, that's pretty much all we have for today folks and i appreciate you joining in have a good weekend um it was a quick show today we have a lot to do i've, I've got i've got work and um, got to go ride my bike one more time. It's going to be nice weather. Sean Bagley gave a, a laugh. Yes. Uh, How did you guys do out there? I think you guys, uh, I saw someone on the podium, Sean. I think you were up there. So congrats for that. Uh, I will check out. Sean's been having some videos. Mark Tucker's been having some videos. So we'll be doing that. I just got a new computer so I could finally start shredding through some of my video, cutting it for some of the races that we've done. Show some stuff out there. Nothing dramatic from my side, but just show the racing. Um, which, you know, is what we want to do. We want to take a look and, and uh, promote the sport from within. Are you going to be able to go out to the race this weekend? Uh, me personally, I've got some family things, so I am precluded from doing so. But if you do, if you go out to the one in Livermore, I guess it's USAC sanctioned now. No excuses. Guys can go out there and get their upgrade points. If you do, go ahead and let me know how it goes. Mark Tucker, maybe send me a link to that virtual NCNCA board meeting and I will take a look. Thanks everybody and have a great weekend out.